0: These podcasts have been um, a little different from what I initially uh, thought they were going to be. And today's podcast is—it's um, a journey, and I would love for you to stick around and listen to what God has placed upon my heart to say and to to lead. Uh, you all into a friend of mine we were talking and uh, what came about was the anointing Um, and and prior to that conversation we were actually you know talking about some different warfare and uh, I said you know God has to make some sense of this he has to make some sense of why You know, some of these things are going on. Like, I need to know. And the next day, through a preacher, um, an apostle, a trailblazer for the gospel, I listened to his Sunday service. And very briefly, he answered the question. And, you know, it wasn't something that I said, God, why am I going through this? It was, you know, just a conversation. And it was just a thought. And through the man of God, my question was answered. And he said it's because of the anointing. And he talked about um, for a moment the Garden of Gethsemane. And we know that the Garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus prayed the prayer. Lord, if it be thine will, take this cup of suffering away from me. But nevertheless, let thy will be done. Hallelujah. And in that. You know, we know that it's about the will, you know, our will being surrendered to God. But he said, you know, it's, I believe God showed me something even deeper. It's, you know, not just because of the will, but it's what he has to get out of me. It's the anointing, it's the pressing and the crushing. And Gethsemane, um, I believe this is to be correct. It actually meant um, Olive and, you know, the place of where oil fl- flows so that was just so interesting to me that you know that, that that God delivered my answer you know the next day through a vessel and I said wow okay and honestly I've, I've been you know just really feasting on that for the past couple of days and um, on tonight's recording I said God You know, what is it that you will have me read? How, how, you know, do we operate in our call? How do we operate in our anointing? And um, he began to show me, thank you, Jesus. He began to show me uh, different scriptures, different texts. And one of the scriptures that he led me to was in uh, the book of, Ephesians and I know there's a podcast up of Ephesians chapter 4 and again he he took me back there and in the book of Ephesians um it's talking about the the, I'm sorry the chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians um he's talking about um us living a life worthy of the call to which we have been called So I'll read the first verse. Then it says, this is Ephesians 4 and 1. It says, So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is, to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. I'm reading in the Amplified Version. When I read scripture on here, it is in the Amplified Version. With all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love, making every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace, with each individual working together to make the whole successful. There is one body of believers and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation one lord one faith one baptism and one god and father of us who of us all who is sovereign all over and working through all and living in all so i said yeah you know as i've I've read through you know the book of ephesians and It's given us instruction, and you can go back and read it or, you know, listen to the um, Ephesians 4 episode that I have posted. And and it will, you know, continue to go in, in depth in the character of those who have a call on their life, of those who have the anointing of God that has been placed on them. So then, the next scripture that he took me to was Colossians 1 it was Colossians 1 and 10 and just the 10th verse it says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God so some context behind that uh, Paul is writing to the church of uh, Coloss I believe that that is how it's pronounced and you know, he's he opens up with a letter, you know, grace and peace to you. We give thanks to God for you. We've heard how you have had faith in Christ Jesus and how you lean on him, um, and of the unselfish love that you have for all the saints. And um it it goes down to the uh to the seventh verse and it says, You learned, you know, how to love and how to be connected and hear the voice of God and operate in his grace. as says you learned it from our representatives, uh, our beloved fellow bond servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ. And then it says, and he also has told us of your love well grounded and nurtured in the Holy Spirit. For this reason, since that day, we heard about it. We have not stopped praying for you. Asking specifically that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom with insight to his purposes, not just one purpose, but his many purposes and an understanding of spiritual things so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, displaying admirable character, moral courage, and personal integrity to fully please him in all things. Hallelujah, Jesus, because that is our goal our goal is to please you bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of god with a deeper faith clearer insight and fervent love for his precepts yes we want to love your ways god we want to operate in your ways as as almost second nature and it says uh in the 11th verse, we pray that you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power according to his glorious might to attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the father who qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints, which is God's people in the light. So. That right there. You know, that goes back to, you know, Lord, why do we face trials or how do we face trials? Not not necessarily why, but when we go through things, you know, how do we get through it? How do we operate in our call? How do we operate in our anointing? And this the text, you know, scripture it gives us those those guides and those, you know, um stepping stones to how we can walk worthy of the call that God has placed on our lives and he also led me to another one of my favorite scriptures and it is in Romans 8. Romans 8 is probably my favorite chapter in the Bible. Definitely, probably my favorite chapter and in Romans 8, you know, it's so much, excuse me, it's so much that God speaks about you know or or I'm sorry that Paul speaks about God speaks about through Paul, you know, talking about how you know we're we're no longer the old person because we accepted Christ and who we once were, the things we used to do, hallelujah. They are no longer who we are tied to, you know, it, it isn't associated to our names anymore because we escaped from bondage, um, and I, I'm going to read this actually in the King James version. It says, verse one, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, but did not sin and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay. So he took me down to, you know, a lot of people love this scripture and quote it and this, that, and the other. And, um, it's verse 28 and it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that first love God to them who are the called according to his purpose for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren so let's just hold on let's just let's just take a breather right here Verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And this is, it it wrecks me every time because I love God. I love God and I want to please him with my life. I want to please him in the way that I think. I want to please him in the way that my heart motives are to my husband, to my enemies you know i want my although you know i i don't have any enemies because i love regardless you know i forgive but those who may do wrong against me and and the same you know for you listening you know have that forgiveness and that love be the foundation of how you see people of how you treat your spouse of how you treat your children and your mother your your father of how you treat people let love be that foundation because love covers a multitude of sin and when you operate in the perfect love of Christ you can be more graceful and extend more grace to to those who wrong you, to moments um, that you have with those who are close to you, your loved ones. You know, when you're not seeing eye to eye, you give grace because God gives you the same grace. But this verse here, verse 28 says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So here it is. Here I am, walking in my purpose, walking in my call. How do I do this? I'm facing this and facing that. But, you know, there wouldn't have been a need for Paul to write, we know that all things work together for good, if there wasn't a moment that things were not good, a moment where things were bad. (laughs) You know, we have to remember that God is sovereign and he's all-knowing. He's all powerful. He is outside of time. Time is just a constraint for us. Time is just a a, a feature for us. God is time. So he knows that there are going to be moments in our little lives that are not good. But we know that because we are his called to his purpose, it's going to work for our good. And then it says, he foreknew us. He predestinated us to be conformed into the image of his son. And his son is holy. Thank you, Jesus. His, His son is holy. His son is pure. His son is perfect. And he wants us to be just as his son is. That doesn't mean we don't make mistakes because we are made of flesh. We are flesh. The only person who was flesh and did not sin was Jesus but because he lives within us we have the ability to not walk in sin we have the ability to not walk after the flesh but we walk according to the spirit and God predestinated us he called us way before our great great grandmother's mother Even got with her man to produce the the lineage. God sat on his throne and said, when he was creating in that seven day frame. He said, there's going to be a Nicole. And I'm going to specifically call her to walk for me. I'm going to specifically orchestrate her life to flow in the way in which, in the pattern in which I'm creating it to flow. And it's going to work out for for her good, according to my purpose. Because she has a desire and has been conformed to my son, which is the firstborn. As the scripture says, it says to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first born among many brethren or sisters. <laughs> so that means God already knew this moment would come where I would be recording right now and talking with you, listening. Whoever you are that's listening, you have a call, you have an anointing, and a purpose to walk into. God didn't just create it when you turned 30, when you turned 24, when you turned 19. He didn't just create it. No, it's been predestinated since the beginning of time. So let me keep going. Verse 30 says, Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them he also justified justification is him making you righteous is him putting you in good standing with him xing your name off the book of the damned but into writing your name into the book of life that's what justification is when you receive salvation when you receive christ as your personal savior you become justified and whom he justified them he also glorified and then verse 31 says What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Because he already predestinated everything that's going to happen in my life anyways. So God is for me. All things work together. (laughs) For the good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up. For us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things according to his will? So then he had me jump down to the end of Romans 8. And it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So when you're facing warfare... Remember this verse right here. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because he already predestinated our victory. He already predestinated a way out for us. Hallelujah. Thank you. And then 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other creature nothing no thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord and that verse wrecked me again <laughs> which is why you know you kind of hear me sniff or you know a little stuffy because he wrecked me God's love for us is so strong, it's so passionate. And he's making it clear that nothing, no thing shall be able to separate the called. The beloved of God. Hallelujah. That's what I hear him saying over us. We are the beloved of God. He calls us beloved. Yeah. Nothing shall separate us from his love, his protection, his covering, his vindication, his provision. Oh, in Psalms, it says we are loaded with benefits daily. So it's not like, you know, run over minutes. No, it's fresh mercy, brand new mercy. In Lamentations, it says, Greatest by faithfulness. Morning by morning. New mercies I see. Every day. As we go from faith to faith, one level of faith, God performing and blowing our minds. Then the test comes, and we have a track record to look back on because God never fails. He always wins. I believe it's in... uh, Second Kings it says uh Isaiah writes and says I looked up and I saw that his train filled the temple hallelujah and you know back in the day his train a king's train when they a train is basically the cape okay so <laughs> the cape the robe when they had that on they took the king um who they went up against If he was defeated, they took his train and added it onto his train. And Isaiah said he saw that his train filled the temple. Hallelujah. Meaning that everyone who came up against him, he won. He defeated. The train filled the temple. God is unbeatable. He's unmatched. Nothing. No one. No demon in hell. No magic. No witch. No sorcerer. No voodoo. Hallelujah. Nothing is more powerful than that of God our Father. The creator of the universe. He's just not the universe. He created the universe. He's outside of the universe. He holds the universe in his hands. Hallelujah. And I thank him for being just who he is and being the predestinator being the one who writes the story who directs us on our pathway his word hallelujah is a light to my feet it's a a light, a lamp to my pathway I can't see without him So if you're facing warfare and you're wondering, God, I'm not complaining, you know, you're not, you're not saying I'm I'm not wishing things would be different, I'm enduring hardness as a good soldier, but I'm just trying to understand this, like, if I could just get some clarity, if it could just make sense to me, Lord make it make sense make it make sense and it's because of the anointing that's what he wants you to know it has to be worked out of you yeah the scripture said we know that all things work together for good to them that love God something gotta move it has to work visualize a machine and the tools um that you need to get the machine to work. You sometimes might have to use a, a wrench or um I don't I'm not good with tools, but you might have to use a wrench to get one of the mechanical wheels to turn something got to work for that machine to work, for that machine to process the way it needs to. And hardness, trial, warfare, sometimes is that wrench. It's sometimes what we need to get that oil to flow. To get the power of God to flow through the vessel that he's chosen. But I thank you for listening. And I pray that this has blessed you. And it has help you make some sense of some things that you're facing right now and if you want to accept Jesus as your personal savior just ask him to come into your heart to be the lord of your life and, and repent of your sins and confess to him that you believe in him that he died and he rose and he's seated on the right side of his father And he is soon to return. Confess that out of your mouth. And you will. Be. Saved. You will have salvation. You will be a partaker. Of all of the things that I just talked about. Even those. Who are the sinners. Those who do not believe. He has the destiny for them he predestinated moments for them Their life was predestinated he's just waiting and he's closer than you can ever imagine he's waiting for you to let him in so i encourage you to let him in today